Welcome to everyone who braved the weather, and welcome to all those people listening in their warm homes as well. Among the things the Svasemis discusses is Shabbos, because we have the Aser Sadibros, and one of the Aser Sadibros is Zohar Yom Shabbos. Now, he brings here a medrash from Breshis Rabbah, which is about Shiduchim. Okay, we have a kala here, right? So it's appropriate to talk about Shiduchim. It says that Shabbos was without a zivug. How's this work? Even someone who's not mathematical like me, right? Sunday, Monday, you have a team. Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Shabbos is like in musical chairs, the one who's left out. No partner. Nobody there for Shabbos. So she asked, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ben Zug, you gave everybody a mate, you didn't give me a mate. Hey Shiva HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered, Knesset Yisrael Ye Ben Zugcha, you will have, Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, will be your mate. Okay, now, you have to understand that there's obviously something being told here. It's not simply a matter of Okay, who's free? The Jewish people. Let's match them up. This is teaching us some type of secret about the nature of Shabbos and about the nature of the Jewish people. To find what the common denominator is that makes them a zuk. So the Svasemis explains like this. HaKadosh Baruch was mavorech. He blessed Yom HaShvi, the seventh day. Now, Chazal bring a variety of things that that blessing um, manifested itself in. One of them is, Bercho Bamon. Gave the bracha of the mon. The problem is, and the Zorah Kodesh asked this, Kivin de lo ishtekach be mezone, my birchasa ishtekach be. Every other day, you got fresh mon, minashamayim. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, fresh mon. It's true, on Friday you got double mon that you ate the leftovers on on Shabbos. But if Shabbos is the day, so he blessed it, how did he bless it? With mon, no mon. It didn't come down. You can say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu managed to make sure that on Shabbos you would still have some mon. But here it says you bless it with the mon. Answers the Zara Kodesh, Elokul birchoin talya bishviyah. Shabbos is the source of bracha. All the month that you see during the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the source of that is on Shabbos. That's why the bracha of the mon comes into the world on Shabbos. You're only seeing its appearance later on, but the true bracha comes at that time. This is why it talks about Shabbos saying, Berach, he blessed the Shabbos, Vayikad Shehu. The bracha of Shabbos is one of Kedusha, which means ha-bracha b'Shabbos hilamala b'Kodesh. Things of Kedusha are not things that we can really grasp in this world. You need the particular sensors to be able to sense it or see it. But therefore, it's an invisible blessing that comes down. Sha'bracha b'Shabbos hilamala b'Kodesh. Vishoresh ha-brachos. It's above and beyond. It's the source of all brachos. Now, when you transmit something, okay, saying, I'm going to give you an invisible bracha. You won't see it. Thanks. Right? <laughs> Why do I need it? 
what are you giving me an invisible bracha for? You need some kind of receptor that can take that bracha and can then broadcast it in ways that people can benefit from it. That receptor is Am Yisrael. Bracha zu ein mishayach lekabel rak b'nei Yisrael shenasu kelim lekabel zu abracha b'kabel asatora. Am Yisrael, when they received the Torah, they received the ability to receive the bracha of Shabbos for the entire world, for the bracha that comes into the world from Shabbos, and then to be able to transmit it. That's why the Pesach says, Hashem oz l'amo yitain, Hashem gave the Am Yisrael oz, which Chazal explained is the Torah, he gave them the power of shalom, which is not just peace, it's an idea of shleimus, which is a kli machzik bracha. That's who Am Yisrael are. Okay, so here we're noticing what's unique between Am Yisrael and between the Shabbos. Am Yisrael, when you look at us throughout history, we're going to see that, you know, and the nations of the world try to grind this into us time and time again. Uh, you're the chosen people doesn't look like it, right? You have stepped into this most exalted role in the universe. We don't see it, right? It, it should appear in some way. Perhaps for a tiny window in the reign of Shlomo HaMelech, and not even all of it, we had that status that people saw, that the queen of Shva came to see what's going on because she'd heard about that. For the rest of Jewish history, you don't see it so much. It's invisible. So he says, The Jewish people are like the Shabbos. The Jewish people who are chosen to be that chosen people, In this world, they are, shofel, it's hard to say, low, downtrodden, of lower status than anybody else. Okay, let's try to flesh this out a little bit. The Maral speaks about this a lot, and the Sosema speaks about it in a few different places. Am Yisrael are basically um, aliens, so to speak. Right? In other words, the Sosema phrases it in one place. He says that we aren't part of Olam Hazeh. This is expressed in the fact that and so we'll get to this soon, we don't have, we don't come from a place in this world. People who are Chinese come from China, right? People who are Dutch come from Holland. Okay, that is, that is what gives them their identity. Am Yisrael's identity, the very fact that we received the Torah in the desert, which in Chazal's eyes is a place which is no place. It's not a place that people settle in and live. We received that identity over there. And then we have a mission in this world which really is meant to benefit the entire world. Now everybody says, wait a second, what do you mean we don't have a place? We have Eretz Yisrael. Correct, but it goes in the opposite direction. Eretz Yisrael is the place for the people who would become Am Yisrael. It's not that Am Yisrael becomes the people because of the land. That is the consulate, that is the embassy which is there for those people who would receive the Torah, and now they can enter that place, and from there, that will be the source of bracha to the entire world with the avodah that they're supposed to do. So therefore, in many ways, we're not really here, and we can't really be here. The word makom, 
right? He's going to use this phrase in a second that we don't have a mokom in this world. The word mokom, the Maral explains, comes from the verb kium, which means existence. Something's place is where it has its terms of existence. The place of a fish is in water. Am Yisrael don't really have a place that is our terms of existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, so to speak, our mokom. It's a very strange name we use for Hashem sometimes. Baruch HaMokom Baruch Hu. Blessed is the place. Why would we call God the place? He is our source of existence, our terms of existence. He is the place of Am Yisrael. Therefore, says the Svasemes and the Maral before him, when we aren't as we're supposed to be, in what's called the state of Golos, so then we can't downshift. We cannot just be regular. Right? We'll say, okay, so we weren't such great Jews. God threw us out of Israel. Let's go find the place to colonize, and we'll be a regular nation. I don't know, we'll go to Australia, we'll go to Uganda, we'll go someplace, and, and we'll do our thing. It's not possible. Every time we try to do that, we're constantly pursued. We're constantly oppressed. Why? We're not doing anything. We're really not. We're trying to be like everybody else. We're not able to downshift in that way. If we aren't ourselves, so we don't have terms of existence. And that pursues us constantly, and in certain ways, is that which keeps us going. In Vahisha Amda, right, when we say, In every generation, we're being pursued. In certain ways, it's, it's not as the non-Jewish eyes looked at it as the people who are accursed to wander the world and be tortured. It's the constant reminder that you can't live regular because you aren't regular. You have a destiny, you have a task, and you must return to your place, not just geographically in Eretz Yisrael, but your place being the people who match with Eretz Yisrael as it should be. Okay, just parenthetically, just because we're so close to Tu Bishvat, there's a beautiful Bach, the Bayis Chodesh, Rebiol Circus, and um, commentary on the tour, when we make the bracha ala michya or ala peros, there's a line in there that the Beis Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo says he thinks should be taken out. We say, Rebuild Yushalayim soon in our days. Bring us up to that place. And we'll eat its fruits and be satisfied with its goodness. So the Beis Yosef says, wait a second. That's why we want Hashem to rebuild Yushalayim, so we'll come and eat fruit? The fruits of Yushalayim. First of all, there's a fascinating Gemara that says the most wonderful fruits in Eretz Yisrael were in Ginosar. Ginosar is the area around the Kinneret, part of Shevet Naftali. And they ask, why weren't the fruits of Ginosar in Yushalayim? Meaning, if these were, the fruits were the expression of the fruitfulness of the land of Israel, and Yushalayim is the most powerful, concentrated Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, why aren't the most delicious fruits growing there? They said, because when people are supposed to go for Aliyah Regel, we don't want them going for the fruit, we want them to go for Aliyah Regel. So we put those up by the Kinneret. They give the same answer for the hot springs of Tveria, which are, I was only in them once, it was very nice, right? After a long muddy teol to go into the hot springs, they say, why weren't the hot springs of Tveria in Yerushalayim? Same thing, so people won't be coming Aliyah Regel for the hot springs. So, 
The Bach says, no, keep the line in. Why? Because there's Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael. And the way in which Am Yisrael absorbs the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is through the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Now, that's always there. The Svasemis points out, by the way, when we separate off, when we do the mitzvah, Satulius Ba'aretz, the agricultural laws, and let's say we separate off Truma, we separate off Miser, we call the remaining fruit, so to speak, chulin, or regular fruit, meaning you can do anything with it now. But he says, don't think that it means that it lost its Kedusha. Remember that those are the fruits that the laws, that those mitzvahs were applied to. They're full of Kedusha. The Kloisenberg Rebbe writes a beautiful description of how his father, the Rebbe of Rudnik, had a bottle of olive oil that somebody brought him from Eretz Yisrael. That was kept in a cabinet with all the special things at home. Shabbos morning, they would eat eggs and onions, and each person there would take his plate over to his father and he would put one drop of the oil from Eretz Yisrael onto those eggs and onions. It's something that was there in deserved respect. Okay, so what does it mean then in the bracha? Rebuild Yushalayim so that we can go back there, we will eat the fruit and be satisfied. You don't need a rebuild Yushalayim for us to eat fruit. He says again, the fruits of the land are affected by Am Yisrael's presence and by the building of the land, meaning that its maximum kedusha will be expressed. Even now the fruits we buy here that grow here have kedusha, But the fruits that come out when the Kedusha of the land is fully activated by Am Yisrael being here, living here as they should in the rebuilding of the Beis Amigdash, then those fruits are unbelievable, okay? And they satisfy. This is the descriptions you find of, of the fruits before the Churban. It's one of the things they say was lost in the destruction. Nital Tama Peres, that there, there was something missing with that, okay? So, back to this. So Bnei Yisrael are like Shabbos because they are the ones who were chosen, and yet you don't see it. Just like Shabbos, who shorish kol abrochos, lo mishtachach be'mezone be'izgalos. You don't see a tangible brocha coming into the world on Shabbos. Okay? And it's, it's true. Sometimes people are really proud of the way we can market Shabbos. Shabbos is wonderful, it's the greatest day. You know, everybody needs Shabbos, but some people, one person told me this guy, he says, I don't know, I find your Shabbos oppressive. He says, this is, I, I, I'm into the idea of having a day off in the week, but I've got lots of stuff to do, and on your Shabbos, I can't do any of it. I don't see the bracha of your Shabbos in terms of this world. So he says, the bracha comes, it's the shorish of all brachos. It's the root of all brachos. Beruchnius velobihis galas. It comes in a spiritual form and not in the way that you can see. With technology, we have a much better, easier time nowadays grasping that concept. There are many things in the world that are made to go by invisible things. Right? There's a, what, what's making you know, this uh, satellite move from here to there. Well, there are transmissions that are going and doing this. The one who has the transmission is actually enabling everything that satellite is doing. You don't see it, okay? But oftentimes those things that are the source of the power are not visible. So therefore he says, <laughs> A beautiful image in Shira Shirin. My beloved is like the apple tree among the trees of the forest. 
בצילו חימנתי וישבתי. I desired his shade and sat in it. ופיריו מתוק לחיקי. And his fruit was sweet to my palate. כבר כסבנו, said, and I've wrote, written about this before in other places, what Chazal said in the Medrash, מה תפוח אין לו צל? Okay, the identity of tapuach and Tanakh is interesting. It's not clear that it's the same apples that we recognize uh, here. Some opinions say it was an esrit. Be it as it may, this tapuach tree does not give good shade. It does not have the huge lush foliage that's going to give you great shade. There are some trees that do. You sit under a fig tree in the summer, it's tremendous. In Boston, we used to have a beech tree, this big tree. You sat under it in the, on a hot day, you had this tremendous shade. The apple tree, the tapuach tree, doesn't have it. But here, the beloved says, My beloved is like an apple tree. I desire his shade. And I sat in it. The medrash, the full lotion of the medrash, in Shir Hashem. Rav Huna v'Rabi Yacho b'Shem Rabi Yossi ben Zimah Matapuach hazakob borching mimenu b'Shash Sharav. There's a Sharav, right? This really hot days in the summer that they call a Sharav. Everybody runs away from the apple tree. L'fisha ein lotzel leishiv b'Shitzilo. There's no good shade to sit in. Kach borchu umos haolam mishevus b'Tzela Kodesh Borchu b'Yom Matan Torah. So it was on Matan Torah that the nations of the world, so to speak, ran away. Because the bracha that was going to come into the world was not going to be a bracha that you would be able to tangibly see and sense in terms of the success of your this worldly existence. It was like the shade of an apple tree, which isn't there. Yochalaf Yisrael came. Could it be that the Jewish people would behave that way as well? No. I desired that shade, and I wanted to sit in that shade. I was the only one who did it. Now, if we imagine to ourselves some guy on a hot day going to sit down under some spindly little tree, right, and sweating and roasting, and everybody's saying, you're an idiot, right? Why don't you go to a tree which is there? That's the image which is happening, okay? Once again, the invisible bracha. So too, he says, Pirio matok lechiki. His fruit is sweet to my palate. Chiki, personally, only my palate. Meaning, everyone wonders what bracha the Bnei Yisrael have. Avalchech ochel yitam, a posuk in Eov. The palate is able to taste. He says, think of the following parallel. Haguf bichlal makabel amosam. Your body is the, really the recipient of food. Now, your body really is not involved at all in any tasting process. Your body simply absorbs protein, carbohydrates, vitamins, nutrients. That's the way the body absorbs it. The palate is that which experiences the whole world of the taste of the food. So he says, so it is in the world. B'nai Yisrael the Jewish people are the mouth, the palate of the world. When they receive the bracha that comes into the world, they're able to taste its sweetness. The rest of the world benefits from it like the body benefits from it, but they have no knowledge of the experience that the palate is having. Okay? Your left toe has no idea, no sense of the pleasure that was there in the mouth. 
So he says, all of this Hashem gave to us to be his people. Now, this parallels a beautiful mushal about Shem Tov, about two men who are unable to hear, and they walk into a certain building, a certain house. Now, there's a party going on in that house, and in that party there is a violinist or a fiddler, probably more likely, and he is so good that when he plays, everybody's got to dance. You cannot sit still when he plays. So they walk into this room, and suddenly they see people gyrating all over the place. And one says to the other, motions to the other, these people, they're either they're crazy or sick. What, what's, what's happening to them? The other one takes a little bit more time. He says, I don't know exactly what's happening, but it must have something to do with that man, what that man is doing. He said, that's the way the non-Jewish world looks at the Jews through history. Why are you people dancing? You've had a miserable history. Why are you dancing? They can't hear the music of the fiddle. That's the same thing. The taste of the apple, the music of the fiddle, the invisible brachas that are the source of all bracha. That's what needs to be recognized and what can't be recognized. So this is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, The beginning of The famous question, the Kuzri asks it, right, putting it in the mouth of the king of the Khazars who asks, why doesn't it say, right? Hashem, if he wants to come and introduce himself to you, right, it's not just, remember um, those great plagues in Mitzrayim, kind of took you out there through the Yam. Why not say, I created you and everything. You only exist because of me. Why this? So he says, He says, really, in this world, we don't have a place, which means Hashem didn't create us as part of the system of this world. Okay, he says, Before we were able to enter Eretz Yisrael, so then, our status was Avarim in Mitzrayim because we are the homeless, we are the placeless, we are the stateless, we are the statusless. Ki mokum because we can go around the world from place to place, we'll never truly find our mokum. L'chol umma yesh mokum, every nation has a place. Ach mokum mokum. The place of Bnei Yisrael is above nature, it's above time, and it's above space. We don't really exist in this world in the way that other people describe existing in this world. But when we came out of Mitzrayim, meaning the fact, if Hashem would say, I created you, okay, you created me, but I'm not, I'm not here. I don't have a place. I took you out of Mitzrayim. And this gave you your place. Because our Mitzrayim, our existence then, is in the system of Torah. He took us out and he gave us the Torah, and then he brought us into Eretz Yisrael, and we built the Beis Hamikdash, and suddenly we have a place in the world. We have a consulate. We have an embassy, that place for us, in which we can do what we have to to benefit the world. That's why Hashem says, 
Gerim v'toshovim atem imodi. You are gerim and toshovim. You are wanderers, strangers, people without a place, temporary dwellers with me. That's your place. It's not just that you're with me, says you're like me. It says, you know what? People don't see me either in this world. I made the whole thing. People don't see me. I'm not a parent, right? The place isn't there. I, I'm Yisrael, I have to, that's part of our task. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted dira batachtonim, he wanted to be able to dwell into this world but it's not there yet until we fulfill our destiny. So too, we are those people. Therefore, he says, Shabbos and B'nai Yisrael are the same type of thing. And the Shoresh of the Bracha is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Shabbos Kodesh to B'nai Yisrael. That's why it says, Between me and B'nai Yisrael, this is a particular sign. The idea of a sign which is given means it's B'tzino. It's something which is given in a hidden way. So this is a very big key for Am Yisrael to know. Our entire existence comes from affecting the world in hidden ways. Our success in this world is not in terms of how we function in this world and the status we receive in the world, but how, as we function in this world, because again, Hashem didn't create us as UFOs who are floating above the world. He put us into this world, into the physical world in which we have to use our talents and our kochos to take care of ourselves and to take care of the world. We have to do that, but our destiny is only fulfilled when we become that makor ha-bracha, that source of bracha for the rest of the world. So that's why I remember these dusty old books that used to be found like in every Jewish home, it would be like, great Jews of the 20th century or something. And they would have in there, you know, about the one who invented this medication and this great sports player and this great composer and different things. And those things are fine. Those things are fine. We are meant to use the talents that we have. Right? The, the Chavos Alvavos says when you choose a profession, you're supposed to choose something that suits you, that fits the talents that you have. And that's part of your mission in your world and you'll benefit HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world. But, that isn't the statement and the mania that Jews have sometimes to try to get that status in the eyes of the world, right? Look what percentage of Jewish people earn Nobel Prizes. You know, look how many, um, etc. Israel is obsessed with trying to have an Israeli athlete win a gold medal. That is working in a different realm. And we'll say, and then we'll show the people, world the bracha it is to be Jewish will show how good we are. That isn't what we want to show. That isn't what's there. Okay? It's through things that the world can't see. I love going over, and I've seen a couple different versions of this written down. Professor Alman, Professor Yisrael Alman, he lives near here. He's a famous mathematician. He won a Nobel Prize. It was really in economics. Um, if there's something called game theory, which is not how to do well at Mario Brothers, but something really smart that can be applied to economics and even to sugyas of Gemara, he does it. And he won a Nobel Prize. Now, I don't know if anybody here has got a Nobel Prize, but if, if you haven't, it's quite a process. You have to go to Sweden and you get the prize from the King of Sweden. So that was already tricky because in the winter in Sweden, like Shabbos, uh, 
goes out, or maybe it was in the summer and it went out very late. However it was, they had to find a hotel that would be right next to the place where the ceremony was going to take place and he'd go right after. Now you also can't show up in your regular weekday clothes to get your prize. There's a dress code. I don't know what it is for ladies, but for men it's a long white tuxedo with tails, right, with special trousers and shoes and your, um, what's it called, your bow tie, etc. Now Professor Alman and this comes from a special tailor in Sweden. So Professor Alman asked that a sample be sent through the Israeli consulate to Israel so you could have it tested. So they asked him, Professor Alman, what are you testing it for? He said, for the presence of wool and linen. They said, Professor Alman, are you allergic to wool and linen? He says, no. And why are you testing for it? He says, because I'm an Orthodox Jew and I cannot wear a garment that has a combination of wool and linen. They said, Professor Alman, you are a rationalist. You are a mathematician. You are a scientist. Can you explain to us why you can't do that? He said, no, I can't. He said, but there are many things in the world that can't be explained in this rational way because they're really part of another system. For example, you walk over to a piano and you play a note. Ding. Can you explain that note rationally? It says it's something that combines with other notes into a fabulous symphony and an experience that's there that's not what you would call necessarily a rational experience. This idea of not wearing those two materials is a note in a tremendous symphony that I and my people have been part of. So the fact that Professor Arwen won a Nobel Prize is cool, but the greatness of Professor Alman is in being that source of bracha to the world in a hidden way by fulfilling the mitzvah of shatnas in that way. And it's not something that other people could see. It's an invisible bracha because it's a source of bracha. A lot of times we ask, wouldn't it be great if God made it so obvious to everyone that by keeping mitzvahs we're healthier, more beautiful, richer, more successful, then everybody would want to get on board. And there have been these feeble attempts, like, you know, people have given up on it. You know, Jews never got trichinosis because they didn't eat pork. Undercooked pork has this parasite in it that can give you trichinosis. Give it up. That's not what it's about. The bracha is going to be invisible because it's the source of the bracha. It brings bracha in all the visible ways that are there. But that's who and how we have to see ourselves. It's an entirely different role. So in Parshas Yisrael, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the giving of the Torah, gives the mitzvah of Shabbos. And we have the explanation of how the zivug, of how Am Yisrael and Shabbos are a zivug, because they're both sources of bracha. And because of that, the bracha that they receive is invisible. It's not something that will be seen in the world because that's the nexus, that's connection of where it comes from beyond this world into this world. That's who and how we are. And that beautiful image, we sit in the apple tree that doesn't have shade. We taste sweetness and things that other people can't taste. We dance to a fiddler that nobody else can hear. That's the bracha of who we are and we have to remain loyal to that destiny and to continue on doing it in order to bring the world to its purpose. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful Shabbos.